0: with the impact of the ongoing pandemic, a renewed focus on equitable education, and more attention being given to mental health, providing adequate social and emotional learning to students is a high priority for today's practicing principals. I'm Earl Franks, Executive Director of the National Association of Elementary School Principals, NAESP, and I'm excited to discuss the importance and impact of SEL with Dr. Aliyah Samuel, president and CEO of CASEL, the collaborative for academic, social, and emotional learning. With decades of experience as a teacher, principal, and national education policy leader, Dr. Samuel leads CASEL in its mission to advance evidence-based SEL to support all students' learning and development. Thank you for being here, Dr. Samuel.
1: Thank you, Dr. Franks. It's clear that student social and emotional and academic learning continues to be at the center of everything we do. One of the things we're seeing that right now, children's hospitals are reporting that the number one reason for young children being admitted are for mental health related issues and that social emotional learning is a much needed universal approach for all children. We are also seeing as at, at the end of this last school year that 22% of children were chronically absent which is actually higher than pre-pandemic. We are also hearing and continue to hear from educators that they're feeling burned out which we know is a true issue. And we're also seeing the first significant widening of the racial achievement gap in over 30 years which is why the need for long-term sustainable strategies that work for all students is so important, which is why systemic SEL is so critical, meaning that it can't be an added-on piece but really needs to be integrated throughout all of the policies and practice and climate and culture of schools and classrooms. We also know that we need to pay attention to our educators, which is why We also need to prioritize the importance of adult SEL and well-being and attending to both the structures and the systems that we know impact staff climate and morale, as well as ensuring ongoing opportunities for educators to provide their input, build school community, and also take care of their own social and emotional learning and well-being. And I also wanna underscore the continuing role of families and how important it is to have family, school, and community partnerships to really drive social emotional learning.
0: That's a great transition to my next question. Many educators are familiar with the fundamentals of SEL from Castles materials. How does an understanding of those fundamentals Uh, translate to high-quality systemic SEL across multiple real-world contexts?
1: Yeah. You know, so many people, when they hear systemic SEL, um, it it almost feels like another jargon word. So thank you for giving me a moment to unpack a little bit of of what that means. And really, systemic SEL implementation involves four core components, how to build that foundational support, How to strengthen the adult social emotional learning, how to promote students social emotional learning skills and also with all things continuous improvement, asking ourselves, how can we do this better and really. Those are some of the fundamentals of castles framework, which is built on evidence, it is. Highly recognized not only here in the US but internationally, and I think it's important to translate high quality systemic SEL and what that means. And so, I just want to unpack a little the first, uh, unpack this just a little bit. When I first, when we talk about the foundational support or the infrastructure for social emotional learning, that really means that we have to bring families together, communities, and educators to try to define a shared vision and clear goals for SEL in order to plan well for our students. We know that every community has its nuances and differences from uh, uh, from rural to urban from a highly populated school to a smaller school and so really being able to ask ourselves what are the skills and competencies that really matter for those students in that community and then from there that also means schools need access to resources to funding which we know many schools now have guidance and also the proper staffing to achieve these goals So that's kind of the first phase. The second is really thinking about the adult competencies and capacities. And when we say adults, we're including the educators, the principals, the school personnel, but also family members, because we know uh, parents are children's first teachers. And so we really have to understand how important the supporting roles are because social emotional learning doesn't just happen in the classroom. Really, it happens across multiple environments. So it's important to highlight all of the, the adult capacities. And we also, according to the research, we know that studies have found that teachers with stronger social-emotional competencies are less likely to to report burnout, demonstrate higher levels of patience and empathy, and have more positive relationships with their students, which ultimately contributes to their academic and social-emotional development. And then the third thing I think is important to highlight is the the use of evidence-based programs and practices to support students' SEL. Evidence-based SEL practices are truly grounded in the research and the principles of of child development and are scientifically evaluated, which we know positive student outcomes. And so the goals of systemic SEL are more likely to be achieved when we know these evidence-based approaches and strategies are used to reach students in all kinds of settings where they spend their time. And I think the last piece is um, on assessment and data and how to use that to really continuously improve the implementation. The implementation of systemic SEL is not a one and done. To be done effectively and sustainably, we know that SEL must be implemented across approaches, across the school, so that the school can reflect back on their successes and also the challenges. And we also know that there's a lot of resources um, and sources of data for SEL, including school climate culture surveys, looking at student skills. And so it's really important for every school and school community to think about what's the right type of data to measure their progress based on the goals that they have set.
0: You mentioned student outcomes. We know that Castle recommends creating space for students to provide perspectives, share in decision-making, and lead, as well as initiate action. How does student voice increase engagement and further the goals of social-emotional learning?
1: Great question, and this is one I love I'm truly as an educator, but then also as a parent. And one of the things we know, student voice efforts are in, truly intertwined with SEL, and it's important for so many reasons. It benefits the school when we provide young people with the opportunity to use their voice. District leaders can tap into the knowledge and expertise of the young people who are our children of today, but are adults of the future and really help them hone in on their unique and essential perspectives on their own social emotional learning and academic opportunities. And we also know that for students, by providing them these opportunities to offer their, their perspective, they then share in the decision making, they can initiate and lead action. And when you feel like they're heard and valued, that really is a dial that increases and improves the motivation and the interest for them to be engaged in their own learning. And you know as we talk about these social emotional competencies and youth voice, I, I just like to reference our five core competencies, which is self-awareness. And that self-awareness, allows students to reflect and think and develop their own confidence to express themselves in groups with adults and also helps them understand their strengths and and truly a sense of who they are self management which is really allows students to practice their self motivation helps them organize their thoughts and consider how and when to use their voice effectively and and also when to sit back and listen to others social awareness, you know, we see so much as students listen to and understand the perspective of others especially when different voices are elevated, it really helps them consider how to communicate in effective ways as a communicator and a listener. Then there's relationship skills. By allowing students to practice these relationship skills, it helps them to engage others with shared ideas, goals, and work collaboratively to solve problems.
0: In thinking about skills and standards, We know that conservative backlash to critical race theory and SEL has been brewing in several states. Can you contrast the tension between that backlash and the nationwide momentum toward the creation of SEL standards for K through 12 education, I think 28 states to date, and pre-K with 50 states? Mm
1: I think what we're seeing here, Dr. Franks, is really a tale of two stories. There's the realities of what's happening on the ground, what educators and parents are seeing, versus the discourse that's happening at a national level and the national narrative and how it's really being driven by a political agenda. And so I think what we've seen in the, in the pattern that we're still seeing now is a growing demand for social-emotional learning, reflecting decades of research that shows the benefits and outcomes to students' academics, mental wellness, long-term outcomes, And really, CASEL has worked with more than 40 states to prioritize social emotional learning. And to your point, more than half of those states have these SEL standards or some type of guidance from pre-K through 12. And we even see the recent polling data that, that parents and teachers continue to overwhelmingly support SEL because they know it's what's best for either their students or their kids and since the and since the pandemic those on the ground particularly in classroom schools and districts have continued to see students as students and their needs as a major priority focusing on their mental wellness to help address the chronic absenteeism that i mentioned the teacher burnout and also we're seeing the widening of a racial academic achievement gap which is now larger than it's been in 30 years And one thing that we know is that social emotional learning plays a significant role in addressing these concerns, and so we really need to continue to center our kids at the at in this conversation and really strip out the politics, and I think the more that we continue to center on the needs of our kids. We will we will continue to see the expansion and the demand for social emotional learning because our kids are truly crumbling in front of us and we need to provide those supports and so just remaining student centered is going to be critical
0: in thinking about the demand for sel While we know parents are broadly supportive of teaching specific SEL SEL skills, some are uncomfortable with its vocabulary. Does the umbrella term for this kind of approach need to change to social, emotional, and academic development seed or something else?
1: So, I I do want to just underscore that parents are largely in support of and understand social emotional learning. But I think where the challenge comes in is how each community is talking about SEL and also which program or curriculum is being taught in their community. And I think it's really important to note that with social emotional learning, there is no one size fits all approach. And part of the, the, the challenges that we're seeing is um, the jargon, the round SEL and how people are using the term. And so I think especially as more audiences continue to be engaged in the education discussion, moving away from jargon terms. And honestly, it can be SEL, it can be whole child, it can be seed, you know, there's all these terms being thrown around, but I think it's really, it's going to be really important and to be clear on what the skills are that are being taught through social emotional learning and the wide variety of different types of programs that local communities can use and the importance of communities coming together, talking about what those skills are, and then determining what's the right program and practice for that community.
0: Let's turn our attention to the trauma of disadvantaged and underserved populations. I know that Castle says SEL can be a powerful lever for creating equity in classrooms and schools. When it comes to SEL and equity, is it possible to have one without the other?
1: So... SEL really is about the healthy development of every child, which requires that we have to address the barriers to opportunity and really tailor the supports to meet those students' needs and also their strengths. And you know, as we talk about healthy development of every child, that requires that we have to think about race, ethnicity, family income, learning ability, home language, like all of these different components that make up our individuals. I think about my youngest son who has special healthcare needs. And so we have to really understand the needs of every child and that's what we mean by SEL and equity, making sure that every single child has access to challenging curriculum, high quality instruction, that they feel safe, they're motivated, they feel valued and seen in their classrooms, that they have those supportive relationships with caring adults and truly a sense of belonging and connection to their classroom. We also know that students have unique strengths and needs and in order to reach universal goals we need those tailored supports that effectively meet the different strengths and needs of kids and so i think it is very important to as we think about the social emotional development of kids we have to understand where they're coming from and who is in the classroom to be able to then achieve not only equitable education outcomes, but also really strong SEL approaches as well.
0: To follow up on that, Dr. Samuel, how can our schools, especially those pre-K, at the pre-K through grades eight levels, ensure that school counselors, psychologists, and other student support professionals who are involved in SEL programs can provide the appropriate intervention interventions when mental health challenges or suicide become a concern?
1: Yeah, I think there's really three things. Um, and, and we know that school counselors, psychologists, and student support professionals can support one, school-wide SEL to really create an alignment and also a shared language around social emotional learning and then also those community partnerships school counselors psychologists and student support professionals are often critical critical members of the uh, social emotional learning team and they help to inform those school-wide strategies and planning we also know that they offer expertise in The evaluation, they understand what community resources are available, they can help with classroom management uh, strategies and supports, and also addressing the learning challenges. And there is a perspective on student needs and the resources being used to address those needs is also essential to an adequate social emotional needs and resource assessment. And since we know that social emotional learning isn't confined to just the classroom, bringing in these other perspectives and support personnel is critical to identifying what that school-wide SEL program supports and needs should be. And, you know, I also think that these support personnel can also help create consistency as we talk about the SEL and goals. For example, when you know school ca- uh, guidance counselors and counselors are having small group interventions, they can reinforce and align with the classroom SEL goals and skills. Also, when working with parents, Really uh, addressing those learning challenges, but also, again, creating that alignment of the SEL goals and language that's introduced in the classroom or in the school and helping connect that with what's happening in the home. Also with with consulting teachers on classroom management issues and strategies and how uh, some of the solutions can be centered on social emotional skills and those supportive learning environments. And so, you know, really there is a very strong link between school communities and these partnerships, but also the critical role of all the individuals that touch a school building.
0: You mentioned school-wide approach, and we both know the importance of the school principal uh, with the success of any program. How can principals support their teachers and staff in creating high quality systemic SEL systems effectively while enhancing the SEL skills that they need to cope with adversity and uncertainty too. And then if you could follow up on why that is important.
1: So as an elementary, as a former elementary principal, but I think once a principal, always a principal, this one is really near and dear to my heart because we know that principals really set the tone of the entire school culture, school environment. And by modeling SEL skills and practicing that shared leadership is probably one of the most important things that a principal can do. We also know that the importance of modeling their own social emotional learning, but to your point on why this is important for their own well being as well. Principles we know give and give and give, but often don't take a moment to understand what their own needs are. And so being able to model those skills, but then also ensure that they are taking care of themselves is really important. Also sharing the leadership we know is central to social emotional learning and sharing that leadership, not just across the administrative staff, but the teachers as well and ensuring, you know, I think this is another real critical point is ensuring the consistent two way communication between the educators and principals to make sure those open lines are there to make sure that they are listening and responding to the feedback and the input. And so, you know, principals are just so vital, um, not only to the academic instruction, but to truly the well-being of their staff, of the kids they serve. Um, and I, I just I want to underscore as well, principals have to take the time to take care of themselves as well.
0: Keeping the focus on principals, how do you think principals can best advocate for SEL programs? and in thinking about that, do they need different strategies or messaging at the district, state, and federal levels?
1: That's a great question. You know, I I would say that one one of the primary things that principals can do to champion SEL, especially right now, is to be able to make clear connections to academics and also the well-being of their kids and communities. And so as I think about just tactically what, what principals can do is one, link to that academic growth. People really want to understand how is SEL or how can SEL lead to academic outcomes? And we know that when kids are engaged, when they feel connected to the classroom and the content that they perform better. And so being able to to strongly connect SEL and its role to academic growth is important. I think it's also important for principals to use their own data and also the stories to demonstrate impact. There is nothing like when you can bring stories to life, to the work. Also, I think it's important to, as they commit to social emotional learning, talk about why they've selected or 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 are utilizing a particular strategy or approach or program. And I do think local context matters to be able to adapt to the messaging because every community's need is is their own. And also in order to implement SEL well, authenticity is key. And so what works in one community may not work in another community. What works in one school might not work in, in, as an, in, in another school. And so it's really important for principals to sit down, understand their local context and adapt those that messaging to their their school community. What
0: challenges do you see that educators will face in championing SEO practices in the coming year and in thinking about that where should they look for new opportunities to promote social-emotional learning mm-hmm.
1: so I think the the biggest challenge that educators will face is really combating the misperceptions around what social-emotional learning is and then also the feeling or the tension between having to choose between academics or SEL. And that tension, I think, will continue to persist until we can provide clarity around what SEL actually looks like in the classroom and schools, be able to create that clear connective tissue through the use of data on how SEL has improved the academic outcomes, and also ensuring that SEL is seen as a universal strategy that is best for all kids, not just those kids or these kids, but really all kids can benefit from social emotional learning. And so I think as we think about and focus forward to the new school year, the importance of telling the stories, providing those examples, showing the classroom and SEL and academics in action, will be one of the easiest ways to continue to open the door for this work. And you know, as I think about new opportunities, Dr. Franks, it's not really new. It is honestly getting back to the basics of the importance of school, family, and community partnerships. Strengthening that connection will be the best lever for strong systemic implementation of social emotional learning.
0: I would like to thank my guest, Dr. Aaliyah Samuel, president and CEO of CASEL, the Collaborative for Academic, Social, and Emotional Learning, for being here to discuss the importance and impact of social emotional learning and mental health for our students. Thank you for being with me today.
1: Thank you so much, Dr. Franks, for having me. I also want to just take a moment to thank all of our principals who are truly on the front lines of supporting not only our kids, but our educators as well. Thank you for your commitment to your communities and thank you for your work.